This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran, and you may know me from such films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and a whole bunch of Askew films. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time, talk time, let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Today, we embark on a new important chapter in our union's history. Earlier this morning, the sag After National Board convened following four weeks of negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the AMPTP. Because the AMPTP remains unwilling to offer a fair deal on key issues essential to protecting the livelihoods of working actors and performers, sag After's National Board unanimously voted to issue a strike order against the studios and streamers. From the time negotiations began on June 7th, sag after staff and the members of our negotiating committee have worked overtime, devoting their evenings, weekends, and holidays to achieving a deal that would ensure a sustainable future for the acting profession. But despite our team's efforts, the MPTP has remained steadfast in its commitment to devaluing the work of our members. Actors deserve a contract that reflects the changes that have taken place in the industry. Unfortunately, the current streaming model has undercut performers' residual income and high inflation has further reduced our members' ability to make ends meet. Additionally, industry expectations around self-tape auditions mean performers are bearing casting costs that were once the responsibility of producers. To complicate matters further, actors now face an existential threat to their livelihoods with the rise of generative AI technology. We've proposed contract changes that address these issues, but the AMPTP has been uninterested in our proposals. Because of this, the board has determined that union members should withhold their labor until a fair contract can be achieved. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I am officially back, and boy, do we got some things to talk about. What you just heard was a recording, was audio from the SAG AFTRA announcement that the members of SAG AFTRA, which is like hundreds of thousands, <laughs> are officially going on strike. And this was brought to us by the negotiator, the head negotiator and uh, executive director of SAC after a Duncan Crabtree Ireland, who started us off on why they are striking. And then it followed with um, President Fran Drescher giving a very powerful and moving speech. And she just knocked it out the park. We're going to talk about all of this and why you as fans, as laborers as normal working people hard-working laborers yourself should be invested in this because a lot of what's going on in this is going on in all different types of industries right now and we need to pay attention to how this is being done and how this is being handled and how you may want to you know advocate to this in your own situation when it's when and if the time comes so this is going to be our talk topic of the week we're talking about the sag after strike and why did how much of an impact this strike will be and how will it affect you not just from an entertainment standpoint but actually from a landscape standpoint of what's going on in this climate right now in these in a multiple industries so that's going to be what it is today we of course have a lot of great news and fun news to talk about in our next segment but this will be the top of it real quick before we get underway i want to announce i'm happy to announce that i've been saying this for since the fall of our uh village our asgard if you will that we will rebuild again and that is exactly what is happening july 21st 2023 I will launch the 2.0 version of the ACMG Facebook group. Um, I don't know how this is going to be, how this is going to do, but I got people who are supporting this, who are looking forward to this. I got people who claim that they only go on Facebook strictly for my, um, for my page. And there's a reason why I wanted to create an atmosphere that is safe that is fun, that allows people to be them, allow people to have discussions, have agreements, have disagreements, and all be okay. But with the end game being that we all get to know each other, we enjoy each other's company, we enjoy each other's fandoms, and eventually meet up in person or do something special, but make the bonds even more because we need that more than ever. And I questioned after losing the group before and if, if for those of you who don't know my account somehow got hacked into to a point where it erased my entire group that has been built upon that has been groomed and grown for the course of 10 years i celebrated the 10th anniversary i believe just last year and so much has come up of, of, of you know this facebook group and just the camaraderie the events that I put together, the contests that I put together, the there wasn't all roses and daisies, of course, but for the most part, it's been a great deal. I provided a quality and comfort not seen in many other groups, even the bigger groups. A lot of them are just, you know, 
it's all about numbers. It's quantity, if you will. ACMG, the Facebook group, which really started, it kickstarted the actual website here. It was based on quality. So no matter if it was like 50 to 174, which I came in when I first came into the group before it became ACMG, it was only 174 people in the group. And it gradually grew because I put my two cents in there and I ended up putting, giving it a more professional look. Before that, there weren't that many groups that were doing what I was doing. Now people are, people have, I don't want to know, I, I can't really confirm that I was the one that started this, but I'm pretty much sure I'm one of the originals that would bring on a really quality look, making professional banners and doing all these type of things to give it that look. Because before that, all people were doing was creating groups and just all you seen was profile pics, multiple profile pics of people that were in the group. And then people started catching on to the idea like, okay, we need to make this a more welcoming presentation. So now we're going to do it. ACMG is one of the, uh, one of the first, if not the first that has done that. And around the 2013, 12 or 13, uh, era when Facebook groups became a thing. And now we're, we're going to start over again because the hack erased everything, the history, the people, the people like I, you know, I have people from around the world. I still know those people, thank goodness. But there were so many, like there were over like almost 3000 people in that group. And it, it, that type of thing took a toll on me when I, when I did, it was like the worst thing that could ever happen. First of all, if I was to end it, it would be under my own means. And the fact that it was taken away from me like that, it, 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 I, I felt it was a violated fill. So it took me a while. Thank goodness. I go have therapy and my therapist immediately because he knew how important this was. He knew this was a big deal. He immediately hit me up as soon as he could. And he coached me through this to the point that we made the decision like it's time to rebuild again. And I made that announcement that we were rebuilt again and people were um, were happy about that. I don't know to what end how big this one is going to be, how 2.0 is going to be, but it will be a place once again that people will be able to come in and truly have a grand experience and fun experience. It's not going to be like one of those shit posting groups where you could just vent all your negativity and toxicity. And no, this is not what it's about. This is about real fans want to be wanting to be real friends with other people who are into the same fandoms. That has always been the case. And that will always be the case. And we, we have a, an Xavier slash Martin Luther King philosophy towards what ACMG is about, which means no matter what color, creed, orientation, whatever surname you are, it doesn't matter. The common thing is that we love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games, and it doesn't matter why or who you are. When we all have that same in common, it doesn't matter because what we're going to be talking about is our love for anime, comics, movies, and games and more. <laughs> so the 27th, it is coming back and, uh, get ready. Cause, um, I'm sorry, the 21st, <laughs> I said the 27th, it is the 21st this Friday. Actually, it will return. And hopefully I will also have a little bit of a nuance to this as well. I got some things, um, that should be coming together this week by the time the launch of the website i mean not the website the group page is ready so stay tuned 
I will announce this on this platform very soon when it happens. But um, thank you to all of our, you know, all of the members that I know that are that I've befriended that is still supporting this. Um, I hope that we can gather as many of the original members back onto the group again. Um, we will remain a private group. We will remain a group that people can feel safe to be them. Um, and, and much more like we're, we're, we're definitely going to try to make this a safe haven and we will make sure that it, it, it will still remain a place where people who really want to just like, and we're not going to have people who are too afraid to show themselves or talk about, talk to themselves. We want real people with their real accounts coming onto this group with the idea of actually conversating, making friends, being okay to be wrong, being okay to have a disagreement in maturity level. We could be, we're adults and we could be fans of this stuff as well. So we can have a social life people outside of this and we can enjoy this as well. So coming to 21st, we, it's, it's going to happen. We're going to do it again. And, um, Let's see how this goes from there, folks. So that is pretty much with that. So let's not waste any time. We got a lot to go down in this episode. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to start with some video game news here. Bandai Namco just put out a new video announcing their latest DLC, DLC 5 of Dragon Ball Kakarot uh, was announced. And we knew about this one. We knew this was coming, uh, but we got a little bit more information on it. The new DLC entitled the 23rd World Tournament will be on its way and it covers the King Piccolo saga, which is one of my favorite of the Dragon Ball series, of the original Dragon Ball series. This is when Goku... We got to see Goku grow up into a teenager uh, and we got to see Chi Chi growing up. And I believe this is when they got married as well during the tournament. But this is also um, like one of the like the, I think this is like the second big tournament that Goku was involved in. If you will, I'm rewatching the Dragon Ball episodes again. Um, so I'm following up on this. But that was one of my favorites because one of the, my favorite episodes of that saga was when they went to this tournament and Yamcha and Krillin and all in and, and uh uh what was it and Boma and all them they got together they didn't know where Goku was at and they didn't recognize him he comes up as a teen grown up and everything and it was a great I could tell it was an absolute great moment in the in television history when you know for Japan when that occurred and because nobody has seen Goku since and the fact that they you know allow Goku to grow up was um really cool it was pretty damn cool to see and it's something that you don't often see at the time like back in the day like animated series you watch tom and jerry or the flintstones or whatever well i will say the flintstones did allow pebbles and bam bam to grow up so that's a rarity in america but normally you know it's common that at the time it's still to this day cartoon characters or animated characters don't grow look at look at the simpsons i mean they they have an episode or two when they look into the future of what bart and lisa would do if they were grown but they never truly advanced their ages um you know maggie has been a baby for over 
30 years. Okay, maybe longer than that. Um, but Dragon Ball is one of the rare series that it's the whole point of the series is evolution. So hence why I love this game so much because you got to see Goku's evolution. He was a kid. And then on top from that point on, he was, um, you know, he became a teen. We're seeing this teen version growing up a little bit more stronger. And then Dragon Ball Z, of course, he is fully an adult. He has a kid. And then later on, we see Gohan grow up and then he has a kid and then so forth and so on. It just, it, it, it continuously evolves. And that's the part I love about this series and what Akira Toriyama has done. He constantly evolves the characters. It's okay to evolve. Like, I, I think the, the, the ideology of animated characters back in the day was that if you, if you let them evolve and, and grow up, that kind of deteriorates the, the, the feel and vibe of the series. It actually doesn't. And you know, Dragon Ball has proven that over and over again, that you can evolve these characters. Um, you just have to know how to do it. And Akira Toriyama did it greatly better than anybody else. Now we've seen other anime shows do it afterwards. Naruto, uh, has done it. I don't know if my hero academia is ready to go that route yet, but it'd be interesting to see if, uh, Midoriya and Ichigo, uh, and all those, I mean, not Ichigo, uh, Midoriya and, uh, Bakugo would, you know, advance to a, you know, a, you know, a older version of themselves. It'll be interesting to see that. So, you know, hopefully they would, but we have this one and, uh, this one's going to provide a little bit different, uh, features than the other DLC that we had. So this is going to be based on tournament, a tournament saga, which is some of my favorite things about Shonen Jump. They, every Almost every anime that Shonen Jump has has a tournament saga in there. And of course, Dragon Ball is one of the best ones of them all. Um, with I Say You, Hakusho's Dark um, Tournament Saga was one of my favorites among, like, outside of that. But this new tournament um, saga that they're covering is going to have a new tournament stage. And it also will have new moves that you can learn. Tournament rules have been uh, added, including a 10 count when you lose. So that's uh, going to be a situation there. Characters. So it, it, in hindsight, it seems like that they're going to really make this sort of a more of a fighting game aspect, uh, you know, as opposed to what other DLC, the other DLCs came off like, like a action RPG, but this one particular feels like it's going to be more action, you no know, fighting oriented, if you will. So. I think that's cool that they're adding that characters from the tournament saga have been added so you will be able to play as multiple different characters because of the bracket system that the story had um so in, in some parts you will be tien and you know uh, yamcha and other people playing in a tournament and uh it's gonna be cool the promo video showed that this is the second of, of three dlc packs coming there is one none announced that they showed on air and a lot of people, a lot of people, myself included, are hoping for the tournament of power that I, like, I love the 23rd world tournament is on here, but if you get the tournament, everybody wants ultra instinct, Goku, they can't do this game without doing that story. It is one of the greatest, if not the greatest tournament sagas of all time. Um, in, in Dragon Ball history, I should say and just one of the greatest moments in Dragon Ball history, like him versus Jiren. 
was so huge when it first came out. Episode 130 and 131, and particularly 130 of Dragon Ball Super, was one of the most highly viewed Dragon Ball episodes of all time. I believe it crashed the internet when they do it because everybody's watching and they hyped it up. Uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll and all the they hyped it up like it was a legit pay-per-view and it had this big pay-per-view vibe because you saw that um Goku you know he inherited this new form and, and you know Ultra Instinct and then they really hyped it up to see who's gonna win the two and it lived up episode 130 and 130 uh 131 of you know, which were the last two episodes of the saga was just unbelievable. And people want to recapture that. I mean, we kind of did with Xenoverse, but not exactly. The whole point of Kakarot is to absolutely recapture the magic that was these important sagas and um, important moments in the Dragon Ball history life. So I hope, like everybody else, that the last one consists of the Tournament of Power, because then that means we're bringing Jiren in and we're bringing other characters from that you know, base in and, oh, that's going to be awesome. I, and if they do that, I probably wouldn't expect them to bring that in until 2024 or even announce that until like the end of the year, because it's, it's that's going to be a, that should be a big one because of how many people it involves and how many characters it involves. So that's going to be a huge one. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see. All right. Uh, thoughts on the Witcher three. I finally got a chance to, uh, check that out and you know, I love the series. I love The Witcher. Um, you know, surprisingly, because as much as I did enjoy Game of Thrones and I did enjoy um, The Witcher, the video game and, and stuff like that, I'm normally not a big medieval type of guy. And, and you know, but every once in a while, there's some titles, some intellectual properties that are based around, you know, medieval type of, you know, lore that I get into it and the Witcher was one of them. And I, 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 because of the hype of the Witcher three is what really sold me. I got sold instantly because of that game. And I, I, I did end up investing myself way more in the character of Gerald, um, and in, in Siri and in Jennifer, especially those, especially all three of those in dynamic, because, um, they became way more appealing. And then also Jasker, the, you know, the bard, if you will, who always gets himself into the craziest things. You had those two, the four together and the series really did a good job. And Henry Cavill, um, as Gerald of Rivia, uh, Rivia, of Rivia. Um, I really, really, really am going to miss him because I believe this is the final season that he's going to be involved. And just five episodes in, in my opinion, I have a feeling I don't know what they're going to do because I know one of the Helmsworth brothers is going to not Chris, um, is going to be taking over that role, but I don't know if he's going to be playing as Gerald. I think he may be a whole new witcher. I think they're going to do a whole new story because I think the idea that it feels like is coming up with this one is that I feel like he's leading to die. I think they're going to kill off Henry Cavill, which sucks in a way. And I could be wrong. I could be very wrong, but I would rather them not do that. But it just some, there were certain signs in some of the episodes that just felt like they were going to lead in to 
him probably going for the ultimate sacrifice here. So we will see. But I do like the fact that in this season, they didn't allow him and Jennifer, him and Jennifer finally, finally connected and got together and hooked up and whatnot. Because all through season one and two, it was they were just dragging it and dragging it and dragging it because Jennifer would, you know, would always do something that will push him away. And they finally got together. So this also leads me to believe that this is something this is, you know, taking steps of the last, you know, of Gerald's final days. Also, Siri is a big part of this, as of course, as always, because all through one, two and three, they have been grooming her to possibly lead as a queen or, you know, learn magic or to become a witcher. And she kind of is leading on to becoming a witcher, but also having an ability. She also has this untapped amount of power that is yet to be seen. And people, there's some who think that she's a major threat. Um, and Jennifer and Gerald are just looking to protect her at all costs, making sure that she goes the right road, making sure she doesn't, you know, abuse her power or whatnot. But there are people who want that power. So all through the first five episodes of this, we see them do, you know, protect her at all costs and whatnot. But also seeing her being able to protect herself. And we've seen some awesome scenes where she's def being able to fend off monsters. And one cool scene showing that she's using Geralt's uh, sword to slay a monster herself. So that was like, okay, we know where she, direction she's going here. So it was awesome. What I also love about the uh, season three, more than the other seasons is that we're seeing a lot more diversity. We're seeing a ton of diversity here um, with these characters like uh, that would never be seen before in any other medieval. Like it took, I think the new Game of Thrones now has more characters of color than they ever did before. The old one had two people, I believe that we had, but this one is now seen with more. And then when you look back at you know, other medieval shows like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves only had little John, who I believe was Morgan Freeman, who was black. Um, <laughs> Men in tights had Dave Chappelle, who was a spoof off of Morgan Freeman in that sense. Or he wasn't little John. He was, I forgot who he played in, um, in Prince of Thieves and what Dave Chappelle played off of that. But I, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I've seen any of those, but you rarely seldomly ever saw people of color in medieval, you know, lore up until now. So I'm glad that this is being changed because it just seems unrealistic that there weren't any people of color around during those times. Just it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was written that way, but doesn't mean it was a lot. Trust me when I tell you, we've learned that a lot of things in our past has been erased. <laughs> it's to the point that we've now acknowledged them because of certain, uh, you know, situations in history. So I am not going to go into detail on the things. I'm just going to say I'm enjoying this right now. I'll be interested to see how this uh, goes and um, see what happens from there. I will also definitely like to talk about another show that we two shows, actually, that I didn't I normally didn't get a chance to talk about. And I don't even think I was around when this show um was out but my adventures with superman i know a lot of you are watching this right now on uh adult swim aka cartoon network and on max i will say this is one of my most enjoyable dc animated shows since since probably harley 
um but also just a wb show in general in terms of superman shows yeah this is one of my favorites so far since the original not the original because i say the original i'm talking about like the 1950s or 60s cartoon but not since the the wb animated superman series from back in the day that followed um batman the animated series this is my most enjoyable series in there. It kind of reminds me of the Marvel animated series, Ultimate Spider-Man, which was one of my most enjoyable animated versions of Spider-Man at the time. Uh, the one that Man of Action produced, uh, it was on Disney XD at the time. And uh, it was really, really fun. The animation style was great. Um, it, was, it was at the time because they had Spectacular Spider-Man and they had Ultimate Spider-Man at the time. And Spectacular Spider-Man had the better story more solid story whereas ultimate spider-man pretty much had the better animation but their story wasn't bad it was just it was really wacky it, it had a um it was like a wackier version of spider-man and his amazing friends and that's the kind of the format that they wanted to go at with it which was fine and i enjoyed it pretty much this is kind of giving me that vibe where you have a different feel and vibe of clark and they're kind of like in their adult teen young teenage going into an adult they're be, they're like interns of the daily planet and it's him lois and and um jimmy jimmy in this version in this universe is black as well and they're going you know they're not the fully established pulitzer prize reporter and you know reporters that they know come to be uh later on but they're just starting out so you're getting a coming of age story clark is just now um you know discovering himself as you know a kryptonian and you know his a mom and pop you know kent are trying to help him out and the way that they put this together feels very anime-esque um this is not a actual anime this is an anime this this is kind of an anime i'm just gonna say it's anime-esque um you know they're they're using really great animated uh animation style and art style and to you know give this a uh, really an enjoyable feel actually if you guys ever read the comic jl8 um it kind of looks like that <laughs> it really does kind of look like that but an older version of them but each episode are is, is a lot of fun are a lot of fun and right now they're you know lois is trying to find her her big break and she's trying to do so by discovering superman who she doesn't know at the time is clark those two as clark and lois are already becoming an item they're already feeling each other a little bit whereas like pre past stories involving lois and clark they did like Lois really never had a thing for Clark in like the original comics or the original shows that has ever come out. They waited till later to really develop that. In this one, she's kind of feeling Clark already, which is interesting. And they're trying to, they kind of slowly getting, you know, the vibe with each other even before her even knowing who Superman is. So I thought that was really funny that they're doing that way. They're going a different a way about it, but she's discovering superman and you know she was the first one to really get it but she's not getting the credit and cat graham and all the other you know established guys in the um, in the daily planet are trying to scoop her out scoop her you know this intern to do it so we're going to see the evolution of lois's character become the lowest lane that we all know that she's become 
Um, Lois is also a person who gets into a lot of trouble in this one, of course, because, you know, she's a reporter. She sticks her nose out or she's an up and coming reporter. and She sticks her nose out and um, we try to see how that goes. So I am enjoying this so far. I really like the fact that um, this show is a little bit more lighter, but also shows a lot of action and they're going against Instaganga right now. We don't know who the lead the leader of Instagang is going to be at the moment. So we will see how this goes. And right now I'm really enjoying it. If you haven't seen it yet, go out of your way, check it out on uh, Adult Swim every Thursday at, at midnight and then the next day on Max. So can't miss it, especially if you're a DC fan. And the final show I want to mention before we head off to our talk topic of the week is my thoughts on the awesome Secret Invasion series, episode four. And let me tell you right now, this series is becoming my second favorite series next to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Personally, for me, that show was my top favorite. Like, WandaVision was absolutely incredible. And the other shows have been awesome. Like, I love all the Marvel Studio shows that they have brought in so far. Not one has been a, 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 a fail for me. But this one has been one of the most intense series since falcon and the winter soldier in terms of the subject matter and the moments they've had this the whole the way that they directed this series is very similar to that how they directed falcon and the winter soldier and in terms of talking about certain issues certain social current social issues that is going on the my favorite part of this series has been i think episode two when um uh, James Rhodes or Rhodey and Fury had their conversation and Fury and, and Rhodey fired him and the discussions that they had was so real and so intense it was like damn and the way that Rhodey handled him he he manhandled him and then on part this episode this recent episode it was hilarious because the woman I forgot her name that is Nick Fury's wife who is also a scroll meets up with Rhodey and we learn that Rhodey is also a scroll in here, which means somewhere along the lines, Gravix has kidnapped him and they need to find him before Iron Wars come in. But it was awesome because you could you could start seeing how uncharacteristic Rhodey is becoming like he he's way more swag and charismatic than he's ever been before. Like he's he's been charismatic. And he's been, you know, he's showing himself, but not like this. And the thing that for any wrestling fan that watched that, it was awesome because he said, I handled him. I DDT'd him from the top rope Undertaker style. I went crazy when he said that. And he just said it so smoothly with conviction. It was one of the funniest things I've ever heard Rhodey ever say, except for the fact that it's not James Rhodes. It is in fact a scroll, which pisses me off in a sense, but I get it because that that back and forth that he had in episode two wasn't really Rhodes. So it makes me wonder like would Rhodes, because a lot of, when the scrolls take your form, they also take your memory and they take your persona. So that leads me to wonder, would he in fact, um, would he in fact actually have done this had, you know, of the situation. Cause I mean, again, the, you know, he, um, he did get 
he i mean it's it's really for real he really did get you know hill killed in a sense but you know hill knew the risk hill knew what was going on like she probably would have done it again had she come back to life like Coulson and they re, you know revived her which at you know of course i didn't see i didn't have not seen the last two episodes so i don't know what the hell is going to happen here but it's anybody's game right now um but fury figured it out because he put a bug in his wife which he got a chance to hear what was going on and now knows that james rhodes is a scroll and he meets up with james rhodes again using the old pappy i forgot the name of this product it, it is a legit product and i looked it up a lot of people looked it up but it's like old pappy's whiskey or whatever like that or it's a whiskey brand that is supposed to be like very rare and extremely expensive and i looked it up and yeah that bottle was like two grand at best and it's i think at minimum it is two grand so the fact that he shared this moment with Brody and all this stuff and it was great because the liquid was actually a tracking device as well so this, this the old shield spy espionage techniques is still a part of this whole thing and we still see that fury still has a bit of fury in him like he hasn't changed he's not changing anytime soon he just laid back for a bit and yes the actions of the blimp you know brought us brought to us by thanos has affected him but he's pushing through so i hopefully the next two episodes will still focus a little bit more on that aspect and how he's able to because he he has ptsd from that experience and i hope that the next two episodes do follow up on that because we haven't seen him really ponder on that and in, in a lot of cases he can't because one maria hill is no longer here as far as we know and now talos is no longer here because gravic aka the super scroll it has killed him so he's out as far as we know because if you didn't see the other two episodes we don't know what the hell is about to happen here so oh my goodness this series has not disappointed one bit and the fact that they're bringing in the super scroll store storyline and we got to see gravitz now kind of utilize the super scroll technique by taking the extremist dna they which means they perfected the the extremist uh code that they were trying to do in iron man 3 without him exploding so he's able to regenerate at any time with no problem um we also now get to see we saw him turn his arm into Groot's arm so now he has a little bit of that there were two more two more uh uh ids in the computer that uh gravis's daughter um gaia put you know put in there and lo and behold she got shot in episode three and thank goodness we now know that she is not dead because she too be smartly before she um she before she got in you know and met up with um graphics knowing that she was going to meet her and because she was going to be exposed gaia went into the machine herself and now she kind of is a super scroll in her own self as well so this is crazy graphic is becoming the next best thing since killmonger at this point and then on top of that it's like killmonger with regenerative regenerative and powers and shape-shifting abilities and now power shifting abilities so this dude is 
man and now gaia now is going to have it so which is crazy because my thing is i don't want kingsley ben adair to die i don't want him to die not yet they need to stop killing off their people let these guys breathe for a bit let them go away because he is super scroll and also with that said the fact that they're having the super scroll in the marvel cinematic universe anybody who's a comic book fan of marvel comics know that the super scroll is a mortal enemy of the fantastic four so i hope that they do not kill off this character before the fantastic four i hope he finds a way to get out of here and find his way back when the fantastic four come in because i want to see the super scroll generate the powers of the fantastic four doing that will be the greatest thing ever it'll be the best thing to me since frank castle met up with the punisher and in, in the uh, second season of daredevil i want to see this happen so if they kill off super scroll before the fantastic four ever comes out i will be disappointed i would be fairly disappointed and not only that we don't know when the fantastic four is coming out now because of the um the writers and the actors strike now that is happening there's a lot of things that is going to be on hold at this point um luckily for us fortunately for us i should say that you know there are some marvel projects that are, have already been you know greenlit to come out this year the um the marvels which i quite possibly this may have a connection with it as well so we're, we're we're still set to see that because that was already made and produced before the time so we're still going to see that but other things are it's just going to be on hold so i don't want to say anything else about the fate of what's to come because we'll ship that for the next uh segment in the talk topic segment but right now i am so looking forward to seeing what's going to happen i want to see how they're going to find the real uh roadie um is maria hill truly dead i don't know we'll see we also got sonia uh fallsworth who who's playing a factor in here as well so we're gonna see how this goes out but man the fact that talos is gone or is he i don't know this is crazy like i don't like the idea that they killed him off but i didn't like the fact that they killed off maria hill but you know things gotta happen you know i mean i i don't mind the idea but would i've thought to kill him off no but i don't I'm not gonna say like it ruled my entire experience because this story is incredible. How Nick Fury is handling this is incredible. We're seeing also a different version of Nick Fury in here too, and that also brings more dimension to this character. So we will see how this goes. We'll see how this ends. How is Nick Fury gonna come out of this? You know, this is gonna be man. This is gonna be crazy. But if you're not watching Secret Invasion right now, I don't know what to tell you. You're missing out on some major major awesome um and it, it and too like it's they did a great job or they're doing a great job of making sure that there, there's some realism to this there's some you know it, it, there's some intensity to this it's not just all superhero type things um it, it's a mix of real spy drama and superhero you know laced in superhero you know comic book action laced in I thought they, they're doing a great job of this. Kyle uh, Bradstreet is knocking it out the park, and Samuel L. Jackson is just killing it. As is, um, you know, Emily Clark and um, and 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 Ben uh, 
Mendelssohn and oh, I'm hoping we see we don't see the last of. But the only thing, the only negative to this show that I would have is the fact that they used an AI to create that intro. And to me, that is a slap in the face considering what is going on right now. So without further ado, let's end this segment on a good note and say, just watch this, but that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. And we're going to take a break, come back and we're going to get down to business and talk about this strike and why you should be concerned, why you should be invested, why you should support every writer, actor, and artist that is fighting for the worth right now. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! I'd now like to turn the microphone over to SAG after President Fran Drescher. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan. And thank you, everybody, for coming to this press conference today. It's really important that this negotiation be covered because the eyes of the world, and particularly the eyes of labor, are upon us. What happens here is important because what's happening to us is happening across all fields of labor by means of when employers make Wall Street and greed their priority and they forget about the essential contributors that make the machine run. Folks, we're back with our talk topic of the week and this is not a review, but a reflection of what is going on in our society in the form of the SAG after strike in the writer strike. In addition to this, um, what you just heard was uh, president of SAG after Fran Drescher, you know, the legendary actor herself, the nanny, if you will, um, give a riveting, powerful speech that you cannot deny. And if you are, you're the person, you're part of the problem of why they're striking right now. Uh, she she left a speech and left a lot of questions as to why these CEOs of these major, major corporations, these major studios are not paying these actors their worth. And now when we talk about actors here, you're you're thinking of major. I know when you're you're listening to this and you're saying actors, you're thinking like the Meryl Streep's, the 
the uh, the Tom Cruises, the Will Smiths, if you will, the higher paid actors, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG after, if you will, consists of hundreds of thousands of actors from the scaling from from the stratification of the Tom Cruises and the Will Smiths and the Tom Hanks and if you will, and the Brad Pitts and all that stuff and the, you know you name it, the Ben Afflecks. There's those people of that stratification scale, but then you got you got the little people. You got the, the smaller actors, the voice actors. You got the actors who do commercials. You got actors who are, you know, extras. You got actors who play in these smaller roles, if you will, that don't get that millions of dollar money. A lot of these shows that we that we watch on TV, they're not getting paid as much as you think. I've had many people in this show on this show that have expressed the realities of what really goes on when you take on the craft of acting it is not an instant successful thing you spend 15 years to make an overnight success and a lot of times when you're in the sack after a situation you are in fact getting paid a substantial amount you sometimes you get paid scale um which is minimal at best but the problem is is that a lot of what is happening now over the course of a decade society has changed the financial climate has changed if you will inflation is going up and meanwhile these guys are still getting paid the same amount while inflation is even superseded what is expected to afford anything that is the familiar the, the familiarity i'm gonna screw that up that is the similar situation if you will that connects to us in any industry inflation goes up we're not getting paid enough to fit the means of the inflation that's what these actors are fighting for and it's not just the jennifer lawrence's and the meryl streets which by the way they are all on board with this strike every one of them are on board with this strike i haven't seen anybody go against this this is not like the the SAG after strike that they had before with the voice actors. Because remember, there was a situation with that while back, which I had, you know, Stephanie Shea, who plays Sailor Moon and, and uh, Hinata and um and Sailor Droop and Sailor um, you know, uh, and, and other characters as well. Um Orihime, if you will, from Bleach. She came on the show ages ago and talked about the um the actor strike and tr them trying to get their their protection and benefits and, and stuff like that to protect their voices doing all these you know voice acting roles that require them to be screaming and all that stuff so they wanted to get you know full benefits for that go back on talktimelive.com that is a is one of my favorite interviews because she just she gave it to you for on a reel and she spoke about that and she spoke highly about the protection of these actors who put in their worth these actors that we love so much, the Johnny Young Boshes, the Kyle Bears, the um, the the Sean Schimmels, if you will, the Molly Flanagans, they put their hearts into these roles. Yes, they get paid for making appearances and all that stuff and do that. Dude, Funimation, or Crunchyroll for that matter, they're getting paid billions off of the performances of these actors. And of all things you would want, you want these actors to be compensated enough to meet the standards of inflation today to, to keep going like i 
can't imagine, and I actually can imagine because I've been through this before. Part of the reason why I've gone freelancing is because I haven't been treated um, fairly in the corporate world. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't paid my worth, but they wanted me to do so much and get paid so little. And I just could not take it anymore. It's stressful working for 10 years of my life in an industry that didn't really care about me, but they wanted to drain me of everything that I could. And I just couldn't take it because mentally the stressors was overbearing and I decided to leave and I never looked back. And these, so I am, I'm a huge advocate of people getting their worth in whatever their industry of choice is in there and what they love doing. When you do something that good, you should be paid considerably well for it, especially when it, when it, when it helps, it actually helps people, you know, it helps industries like for me, for instance, I'm a multimedia developer. I help people. I create brand management and, you know, for, for, um, for companies, for, you know, small businesses, people in the entertainment world. My job is to help you get more notoriety is to help you get more noticed and to help you, you know, bring, you know, uh, reach your target audience. So if I, my, me creating a logo for you or, or creating a website in your brand identity helps you make the amount of money that you make today to help you create a living. I expect you to pay me my worth because whatever I charge, whatever I do is going to help you get paid. You're, whatever you put in for me and invest in me, you're going to get paid multiple times over that amount. The person who created the Nike logo, they charge $35 for that. Now, remember the Nike logo is decades, generations old. So $35 during that time was probably substantial. This right now, that $35 logo has now worth 200 or even $300,000 because of how much money and how much investment that Nike has put into their brand. It probably at this point in time, even more than what I'm saying, because when I look back at looking for the price of the Nike logo, that logo was around $200,000, its value, the website. The web address alone is running around that range of 20, like URLs and logo and web addresses are, they grow, they grow based on your value. So when you work to do that for somebody, you're creating their dynasty, you're creating their legacy. Damn, if I'm going to, I'm making sure I'm getting paid my worth because knowing what's going in, that means that I'm creating your brand. I'm creating your legacy and your legacy, depending on how you handle it can grow exponentially. You damn right. I'm going to uh, ask for my worth. You better make sure that you're confident enough that it's going to do it. <laughs> That's on you. But this is the same thing. You get a particular actor and a particular writer to write the best movie possible. That is going to make millions. I'll give an example, infinity war and Endgame, black Panther. Uh, you name it, Spider-Man, any of them, pick one. You got particular writers and, and, and just recently, my God, I just talked about this. 
Transformers Rise of the Moon was awesome. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was phenomenal. Hell, X, Fast X, blew people away in the theaters. Those movies made so much cash. An insane amount of cash. The Super Mario Brothers movie blew people away in the box office. This Barbie movie probably will do the same. Margot Robbie just had to stop doing promotion for this movie in the midst of this of this writer strike. San Diego Comic Con, which is coming this week, is probably going to be the most hollow San Diego Comic Con in years, not since the pandemic. And mostly because the writers are not allowed to, uh, to participate in these panels. Marvel has announced that they would not be able to do this panel because of the writer, Mr. The writer strike, because they were going to promote a bunch of things. And part of the deal of the writer strike is that they're not going to be able to promote, but let's talk about what the demands are for this, because we heard in the beginning of this show with the, with the, uh, the national executive director and chief negotiator of SAG after a Duncan Crabtree, Ireland spoke about, but we're going to do it in a little bit of detail here. So basically what he said and what they're fighting for one is, you know, higher pay based on inflation. So we're talking streaming. Re oh, streaming revenue is going to play a factor here. Now it's funny, the streaming revenue situation, this reminds me of WWE and the reason why CM Punk left WWE. Part of the reason why CM Punk, this is for wrestling fans. They know this. The reason why CM Punk left WWE is because they were just transitioning into the, the streaming business. They were doing WWE network. Now the thing was, was that the WWE was not going being, being that they were going to have this network. They had the ability to not pay the wrestlers the residuals that they once did for the DVD sales and all that stuff. They don't, they didn't know how they were going to pay the wrestlers whenever their faces are being seen on TV. And CM Punk was not trying to hear that because people had to sign over their rights to WWE for a lot of things. One of it, one of which was also the rights to show their face on a video game. Dana White has done the same thing with the um, with the U uh, UFC fighters, which I wish neither of them did. Because now, if Xavier Woods and the New Day leave, I don't know how it works. Where if they go to w AEW, would they be able to have their faces? I know the names they wouldn't be have because that's the names owned by the WWE, but their faces in 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 in. In, in that, I believe they signed a, a, a contract that strictly said they belong to WWE. Now, granted, we do see Malachi Black in the WWE, I mean, in AEW, and he's in the game. So I don't know to what end that whole thing is happening. So um, it's a weird situation, but, you know, the streaming revenue situation is one of the things that they're fighting for. SAG after wants 2% of the revenue that each show generates for a streaming platform to be paid. This is according to variety, um, it paid for, uh, to performers, the union used content, very, uh, valid, uh, valid, uh, volition, I was just say, um, 
a measurement tool introduced by the fall of Patriot uh, Analytics to determine how much each show is worth to the platform. So that's part of it. Pay increase. Now we talked about this is based on what is going on now because you know the inflation of our country now is demanding 11 percent of the uh, of of inflation. Um, that includes five percent increases most minimum rates in the first year of the contract, followed by increases of four percent and three point five percent. SAG after argues that that does not keep pace of inflation, which is in fact now 11%. So that's another thing that they're fighting for. Artificial intelligence is a major one. We just talked about that briefly about uh, secret invasion where they <laughs> used AI to do the intro, meaning that no artists, no actual animator or artists were able to have the opportunity to do that. The fear of having people use AI to take over roles of and identities of people that they are is a big deal. So SAC after is not seeking to ban AI, but wants to make sure that any use of a performer's likeness to generate a new performance is done with compensation and consent. We just, I, if you guys recall a few weeks ago, I spoke with Molly on Twitter because somebody used her voice and Sean Schimmel's voice to as to replicate an AI performance of a song by the weekend as good as that sound. And as cool as that may seem, there's another part that I felt for Molly because she didn't know how to feel about this. And it felt kind of, she said that it felt a little bit creepy, but it also felt she understood that like how dope it was, but also how creepy it was because somebody can easily just, take over our identity at any time. And she didn't give consent. Sean didn't give consent to that. And right now there is no law to say that they can't. And let, now granted, if the guy or the person, I should say, were making money off of this, then we would have something. But the guy, the person, I'm keep saying a guy, it could be, it could be anybody. We don't know the identity of the person who did it. At, at least I don't. If he tried to use it as a point of sales, then that's something because nobody gave consent of that. And there's no proof that they did. So that's one thing. But this whole thing of if imagine somebody takes your your likeness, your feature, your looks and use it to do or say something that you characteristically would not do. That is beyond creepy. Like if like say Molly Flanagan gets agrees to have her, you know, to have this happen. And then she signed a contract to make this happen and they could do whatever the hell they want with her likeness and whatever. And then all of a sudden she does an anti-gay, you know, ad with her voice and likeness or as the voice of Naruto or whatever like that, that will, you know, that will be crazy. Like that's far few that that would ever happen by any stretch, but that can happen if they sign it over, if they agree to it. And they, that's not right. Like, I don't understand in what sense do they believe that any of this sounds like it's a right idea to do? Because once you sign over your your whole entire being and your likeness, I mean, there is no telling what they can do to your character. You know, I, I just, it, it's just, there's no point of this AI situation to me that sounds like it's going to be a good idea in any sense. And again, 
just AI taking over and doing a lot of things that we as humans can do. It just, I don't understand the point of it. Like I've been saying it since they started this whole entire thing. When's the end game for this? How do we benefit from this in a way that we feel some type of worth and we have some satisfaction in the idea of AI doing these certain jobs? And then when is it a danger? When is this a danger to us all? So in this sense, I totally understand. Like I would not want to have anybody take my likeness and my voice to do whatever. Like I have to agree to that. I want to agree to that. I want to give consent if there's a need for it, but what other need for it other than that. And even still like say, say if I was an actor, a highly, you know, high acclaimed actor or whatnot, but I'm dying somehow, some way, but you know, the, the studios want my likeness to do things that they think they want to, whether it be doing new movies to keep my legacy going or whatever. There has to be a contract written of my demands to that. And that's what they're trying to do. That's when they say it's not, they're not seeking to ban AI, but they're trying to make sure that like, say you pass away and they want to continue doing movies with your likeness and ability because technology is getting better every single time that they do justice to your likeness and your ability and your, and your, you know, persona and what you've built for yourself the entire time, because they can do whatever the hell they want with your likeness. That's scary. That's somebody like, it almost sounds like somebody's taking over your soul. You're selling your soul in this case. And it just kind of does. Um, so the, the AMT, the AMPTP says that it has to agree to that, but Captree Ireland said that, um, there's a devil in the details. And I remember this part of the, the YouTube, by the way, this, the entire video of the announcement of this strike is on YouTube for all to see. And I highly recommend that you guys see it because between Crabtree Ireland and, and, and a dresser, and especially dresser, because every time she was asked a particular question, whether it would be, whether it be about the strike, whether it be about this controversy of her going to this event that people tried to vilify her on and a clap back to that. And with the support of all of the, you know, SAG after members. And then the last question, which pertains to us. And I'll talk about that in a sec, but I highly recommend you go check it out. It is absolutely on point. Like for every question that they had, they were able to repel that with another response and an accurate response and a, and an understanding an understandable response. I should say, um, it, it just, it, you know, I think the, the way everything is weighing going to side of SAG after right now in this case. And if you really pay attention to what's going on, you would have to agree because what, like I said, what they're going through right now is something that you may be going through in your own particular respective company or industry right now. Don't think it's just a Hollywood thing. It is not what they're doing. It happens. It affects everybody. Cause if this, if they are able to get away with, if these companies or the studios are able to get away with what they're doing, this can go around further because a lot of the things that these industries do are the same practices that are happening in other companies and in other industries. These are all like, again, going back to wrestling, a lot of the things that WWE 
does from a corporate aspect are some of the same practices that are being practiced in all other companies. I have experienced this when I analyze and look at what the WWE do, does in the back end out behind the cameras. I see similar I've seen and witnessed and been a part of similar practices in corporate offices that I work for. They do no different when, and that's not a good thing because a lot of these practices are some of the most shadiest of practices that you can ever possibly do. So this is when people ask me why I don't watch WWE and don't support WWEs because I worked for a Vince McMahon esque environment. It is not good, especially me being a black man. It is not good. So I look, it's been like a, it's almost been a decade now since I've been out of corporate. I'm hoping things have gotten better. But, um, I, man, I, I tell you what, man, I hope that it does. So the other thing that they're looking for is self taped auditions. SAC after wants to limit the use of self taped auditions, which has become an industry standard in the wake of the pandemic, the union wants to limit such auditions to no more than five pages of material. The AMPTP has offered an eight page limitation. The two sides are also working on terms of turnaround times and provisions that would clarify no special lighting or equipment is needed. Pension and health con uh, contributions. Producers paid contributions to the pension and health plans based on the performer's earnings up to a certain threshold. For a, and I, I remember something similar to this with the uh, other SAG after strike with the voice actors. This was a similar situation here. Um, for a half hour episode, the the ceiling is 15,000 for an hour. It's 24 is 24,500 SAG after wants to increase the ceiling to 45 and 75,000 respectively to account for the 40 years of inflation. They haven't changed this in 40 years. Meanwhile, medical expenses, <laughs> okay. And insurance have skyrocketed in the last 40 years. The, the AMPTP has agreed to increase the ceiling to 20,000 to 30,000, which they feel like it's not nearly enough. And it probably is not it. I don't, I it's, it's a possibility it is not. So I, I agree. I agree with this and it should be to a substantial now. For those who are wondering what, what is AMPTP, that is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Um, these are the people who, uh, you know, make these films, but hire all these people to do it. And these guys are, these actors and writers are asking to make sure that they're compensated respectfully and, and you know, and financially. Actors Access. Actors Access is a, is a website that holds a virtual monopoly on posting of casting notices actors can sign up and post their bios and auditions um, audition materials and get connected well, to jobs the site has both a free tier and a pre this sounds like imdb <laughs> i believe this may be imdb imdb for those who don't know i for those who do know imdb which is a amazon owned website that they bought if you go back to my Molly Flanagan, I think my first Molly Flanagan episode, she was, she put me down with the understanding of that. Um, Amazon owns IMDb and it provides information 
of casting of certain shows and movies and whatnot. But because I did this myself, because I did a few minor roles and I'd been in a commercial or two, I opted into uh, IMDb Pro. IMDb Pro is that tier where it gives you a little bit more information on the actors. Those who have IMDb Pro can gain access to contact information, agency information. If an actor is a part of an agency, you can contact the agency to acquire anything from acting roles to auditions to even possibly media opportunities. So that's you do that and you get a monthly fee for you put in a monthly fee for that but it's it means it's it, it's it's imdb pro is literally the actors it is the actors linkedin if you will it is literally linkedin for actors who are able to um to provide such information and such so that i would say it is for an actor and a producer and whatnot it is worth it it is absolutely worth it um so I think that's where this is coming from. And that's, it sounds an awful lot like IMDB pro and IMDB for me. So there are also other situations of option period for, uh, option periods for actors, uh, background actors outside of Los Angeles and New York performance capture. Uh, and I believe that is all that it is for now, but look, if you watch the actual video, like I said, they cover the demands that I just spoke of. They also um, answered the question about Fran Drescher's, you know, situation, but they, um, Crab, uh, what was his name? Um, they, he defended him, Duncan Crabtree, Ireland, before Fran ever even got on the mic to address it. He shielded her in a way, in a sense, and then the SAC after members you know, behind her also, uh, shielded her by stating that the event that she went to where she met Car uh, Kim Kardashian was in fact a working event. This was not a gala uh, gathering for her, a party event, if you will. And then on top of that, once she left that event, she was already getting texts and already meeting in meetings and doing whatnot constantly as she was going. So she was more working, but the executives and, you know, the, the, uh, the companies at hand, the, you know, the Alliance of motion picture and television producers apparently tried to make it, you know, create a narrative where she was being vilified for just, you know, taking on an event where she's not even a part of the negotiation of that. And in fact, it, you know, she doesn't handle that part. That's Duncan's part that she handled and they handled that pretty well. At the end of the announcement and at the end of the conference, a reporter stupidly, in my opinion, asks the question for the, for the fans that just want to see TV shows and movies and all this stuff, and they're not going to be able to see it. What do you say to them? Why do you, you know, for those who are not really concerned with this situation, what do you say to them? And Fran beautifully explain and ask the question, what makes you think that these fans aren't concerned with what's going on with this situation? And when she said that I clapped because what she said following that was beautifully said, and I agree with it. And this is why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm talking about this topic as a talk topic because it is important. She said, basically in a sense, 
go back. I'm not going to say word for word, but she basically, you know, you know, explain that what is happening in this industry is something that can affect them, not just by watching, not being able to watch your favorite TV show or your favorite movie coming up or supposedly coming up in the next year or so. It affects you in a way because the AI situation, the inflation situation, the upward mobility aspect is something that happens in all of our companies in all of these industries and everywhere we work as a laborer, it should affect you as a person of value. It should affect you just because they're actors and you're, you're working in an office or you're working in retail or work. It doesn't matter. The same things that they're fighting for are the same things that you should be fighting for. If the situation occurs, if the situation is actually happening right now, look what happened with Amazon. They had to fight what they fought for is practically no different than what these guys are fighting for right now. Worth financial worth protection rights inability to, you know, to do what they love, but get paid with the amount of money that meets the standards of today. Tell me, look at, go look at that video and explain to me what is different about what they're talking about in accordance to what you're, you're, you're going through aside from the fact that they're actors and you're not, or they're writers or you're not, it's a job at the end of the day. It is a job. At the end of the day, it is your career at the end of the day, and you should be paid properly for the job that you do. If I'm a writer, if I'm a person, any job that does so well at your job that your work, your, the, the amount of credibility and an amount of quality of work that you put in helps elevate the company to a greater height, I best be able to get paid for it. I best be paid gratefully. If my, if I'm responsible for your company getting paid millions, hell billions of dollars, and I'm only getting paid a million a year or a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand a year, you better pay. No, you better stop. You better pay me more help. If I'm in a retail job and like you make it up to manager, you make it up to general manager, district manager, and you're responsible for helping build quality to target or CVS or Walgreens or whatever like that, you better be paid the amount of money that you're helping to make this company grow. We just talk about that, that movie, um, flaming hot, you know what I'm saying? Like that dude helped. He, he saved Frito-Lay. That dude saved free delay and they paid him seldomly for that. Okay. Look, I want these shows and movies to come back. I want to be able to enjoy our favorite fandoms, but I want to knowing that these guys are paid their worth, that what they're fighting for can help us because if they win this war, if they win this fight, we can look at this and say like, we can do the same thing for our jobs. We could do the same thing for our industries and we won't let anything like AI or any type of tech technology that is willing, that is looking to take over our jobs so they can get more money, but have to pay less. Because if you notice, look what's happened right now. If you go into a, a, a retail store, like a CVS 
or a giants or or whatever whole foods whatever they got self checkouts which is pretty cool but as a person who used to work for cvs that just told me how many jobs didn't uh were lost at the idea of this they still got now they still got human people that work in these places because they got need to, them to monitor it but how many jobs were lost because they went to this realm of self-checkout it ain't ai but it's a damn sure way to make them more money and have the less pay that's pretty much what they're fighting for right now so all i gotta say for you guys is pay deep attention to this it does affect you more than one more than ways than one and root for these guys support these guys they are gonna need it because we're gonna need it at the end of the day folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live hope you guys really enjoyed this uh again thank you all for taking allow me to take time off to come back and to be more energetic and ready to go more than ever uh next week i don't know what we're going to talk to but i the only thing i do know is that the acmg facebook uh facebook group will be back launched on the 21st so stay tuned for that i will give more information on the next episode coming this week on um the coming back and where you can find this group and whatnot it's going to take a minute for me to put together and i got some things lined up to put together so it's begun the countdown begins so stay tuned for there but in the meantime if you like this episode and every episode of talk time live please keep the support going and check out our official website at talktimelive.com where you can find all of our audio episodes like this one and video exclusive interviews with some audio and video exclusive interviews i should say with some of the most known people in the industries the people that are fighting right now for their worth you can find it right here so go out of your way check it out there and then also you could check out you know if you want to subscribe and download to your favorite uh you know podcast platform where everywhere where podcasts are played that is including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean tune in audible pocket cast pandora you name it where wherever podcasts are played so guys thank you again and uh let's keep it going and keep it growing and please support these talented people that make our lives just a little bit more enjoyable every day when we watch their movies and shows so that'll do it for me folks on behalf of myself this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.